You are now listening to the Hen Global Podcast. Today we have a very special guest, the CEO of Nuco and founder of Aeon, uh, Matthew Spoke, uh, who is uh, live from Toronto. Uh, he's been making his rounds in uh, different events across the world uh, in, in the blockchain space to uh, promote his new project. So I just want to welcome him and uh, let Matt take a, a moment to kind of uh, explain a little bit about his background and his uh, new project. So have at yeah, it. Thanks for having me. Hey, everyone. My name is uh, Matt Spoke. I'm the CEO of, of Nuco. Um, we're Toronto-based. We're the company behind the Aon project. Um, I'm coming to you live from our Toronto office, um, and maybe kind of later in the in the uh, the live stream, I can walk you around and introduce you to a few people. Um, but you know, wanted to give you a little bit of background on who we are, what we're doing as a company, and what led us to to kind of our current focus on Aon. Um, I've been running this company since we kind of launched in early 2016. We've been doing enterprise blockchain infrastructure protocols. Um, we've been working on some pretty uh, you know, deep problems around scalability, performance. Um, and then more recently, we started putting our attention towards how do you connect the multitude of blockchains that are that are being created out there. So public networks and, and enterprise networks. Uh, we've been kind of operating over the last few years over on this spectrum of like what's going on on one end of the spectrum in the public blockchain domain and on the other end of the spectrum in the, in the private blockchain domain. And we decided to kind of focus on designing a protocol that would essentially allow us to bring these two things together. How could networks communicate with each other how could applications get built across multitudes of different infrastructures, uh, regardless of what protocols they're built on? So that's kind of the focus of, of, of Aon. We can dive into it a little bit more if, uh, if anyone's interested. Okay, thanks for that. And uh, this kind of brings up a good uh, point uh, to talk about your token sales. So you've just uh, recently wrapped up the private pre-sale, which uh, full disclosure I participated in, and you're getting ready to launch the public pre-sale and then eventually the crowd sale. Uh, now, there's been a lot of talk on the internet about, uh, you know, what exactly uh, Aon is looking to raise and, you know, for what reason. Um, sure. But I think it's important to point out uh, what you've talked about is is that the Herculean task of allowing blockchain protocols to talk to each other, to interconnect, uh, that is something that it, it takes a lot of resources. And this is really the best chance to get the funding that you would need to uh, move forward on the roadmap and achieve some critical milestones. Yeah, I can, I can talk a little bit about that and I'll walk through the, the structure of the token sale, but I think maybe I'll start there with, with the point you just brought up. Um, you know, basically we're working on a, a protocol that we think is going to be increasingly relevant over the course of the next few years. Like you look at where we're at in the blockchain industry today and it's, it's really niche. There's a very, there's a few, you know, relatively small, capital networks, uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin, and like a long tail of smaller networks. But in the grand scheme of things, they're pretty small today. And, and what we're trying to aim for is building an infrastructure that essentially supports like the global scale of what these things are intended to be. Um, you know, that's not a, a, an easy task. It's not a short timeline. And it's definitely not a, a simple milestone roadmap. Um, so, you know, when, when we're looking at building kind of globally relevant technologies, and we're not the only ones out there building kind of protocols that have like global relevance, um, it's probably worthwhile for everybody to understand that, you know, there's a, there's a massive resource requirement to do these things and to do them properly. We're talking about fundraising for a project that is likely going to last, you know, the next five to 10 years we needs global participation, global scale, uh, a team of engineers that are solving some really, really novel problems that have not been solved before. 
Um, and, and in parallel to all that, we have to deal with kind of the regulatory uncertainty and the advocacy work that needs to be done to kind of influence uh, policymakers and governments around the world to make this kind of an acceptable infrastructure in the future. So, you know, as we go through this discussion around how we're structuring our token sale, the one thing I want to keep in mind for everybody is that, you know, none of us are um, better off if projects like Aon and others that are raising right now run out of money before they achieve their goals. So, you know, this is not to imply that there should be a wild west of capital raise, but there is a, a pretty heavy resource requirement. You'll see us over the course of the next year taking dramatic steps to kind of scale our, our, our footprint across the world, um, set up a foundation structure that governs that and, and really, really push on a multitude of fronts and all of these things cost money. So, you know, we're really happy to have the support of the community, but it's just one thing to keep in mind. You know, the token sale is step one of a very, very long journey. Um, and the rest of that journey, you know, we're excited to be kind of getting into uh, and I'll walk you through kind of how we're structuring that token sale and, and you know, what our, our targets are and milestones are. Okay, thanks. Uh, so in, in regards to the token sale, the private pre-sale has already ended. Now we're coming into the public pre-sale. Uh, can you kind of talk through a little bit about how that's structured? Um, I know there's going to be time tranches, and uh, that will help determine um, what price per token the um, in- investor or contributor um, receives. And then going into the crowd sale, which is going to be set up like a Dutch-style auction. So can you kind of talk through that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So, so full context, um, we decided to, to do a token generation event that essentially was broken into uh, three distinct opportunities for people to purchase the token. Uh, one, the first one that we, that we completed that you mentioned uh, is, a, is a, a token sale that we did for kind of uh, close advisors, partners, uh, people that, you know, that were close to in the community that they were able to support us early on. We sold that, that token sale and we, we closed that over the course of the last few weeks and months. Um, what we're going into next week is our public pre-sale to start getting kind of the early interest and early adopters of the community supporting us. Um, and then later in the year, uh, we're aiming for November, but we're going to be coming out with dates more specifically on that, you know, over the course of the next month or so will be kind of the public sale. Um, you know, before I get into the structure of each, I'll start with the allocation, how we've built our token allocation across these three these three structures. Um, of the total tokens that are being created, there's two things to understand. One you know, think of these as pre-mined tokens, tokens that are being generated before the launch of the network um, versus tokens that will be generated within the network as we actually launch it and, and validate transactions and validate blocks moving forward. So this is not the total token supply ever. This is the total token supply pre, like created before launch. Of that pre-allocated token supply, um, if you look at it as a pie of 100%, we've taken 10% and we've put those aside for the private and pre-sale buyers. So the, the private pre-sale and the public pre-sale, these two rounds that we're talking about. These equal 10% of the total token supply. Um, as after that number is known, you know, depending on the success of this public presale we're going into, we'll multiply that supply by five. So then the 10% multiplies into 50%. That's the token supply we're allocating to the public sale. Uh, and then we'll multiply that same 10% by two. That's the 20% that we're allocating to the Aon Foundation that will primarily be used to kind of grow the community, incentivize participation. Uh, you know, we'll be we'll be uh, sharing a little bit more over the course of the next few days about a reward system that we're putting in place to get kind of community engagement going. And that'll be coming out of that 20 percent token supply. And then the final 20 percent um, is the token supply that's coming back to us as a company and to some of the partners we've been working with to get this off the ground. Um, you know, first caveat there, 
no token in this allocation is going into any individual's pockets. They're all going into structures and organizations that have governance around them, that have a decision-making process. In our case, a board of directors that really governs how we spend our money with external influencers in our board of directors to make sure that we're responsible. So we've been really, really careful to make sure that the governance around that use of, of tokens is, is managed efficiently. Um, now, if, if we go into the three rounds, essentially, of the token structure, what you'll notice is that the 50% public sale allocation is there for the public sale. But in fact, we anticipate that a, a portion of that will get redistributed through what we've built as the token release schedule. So the TRS for short. So if you're coming into the public presale this coming week, you're going to notice that you have the opportunity to participate in a couple of different prices. These prices are built on time tranches. So if you come in in the first time tranche, you'll come in at 75 cents US. Um, if you come in at the end, you'll come in at a dollar US. And that's where the, the sale will kind of close. The time tranches are built on five cent inter intervals so the, or increments. They'll go up by five cents on an approximately 10 minute basis. We're going to be publishing the exact number of blocks associated to every time tranche, but it's a, we're, we're aiming for about 10 minutes. And right now we're dealing with a little bit of uncertainty in the Ethereum block time. So that's why we're, we're waiting to, to kind of clarify that. Um, the people coming into that sale essentially have, have two, two structures they need to think about. One is the price at which they're getting their token. And then secondly, is the, is the, the decision of whether or not to participate in our token release schedule. And the reason it's a decision is we are not, we're not forcing a mandatory lockup period. You can have these tokens directly issued into your wallets and have them available for whatever purposes you want to use our software to, you know, to, to do whatever you please with them. Um, but there is an opt-in opportunity for people to participate in our token release schedule. The reason we've built this, it's essentially a one-year distribution schedule that takes your tokens, puts them into a one-year one release schedule, um, and, and essentially encourages people to stick around and watch us execute on our roadmap so that we can demonstrate to the community that we're actually delivering value. Anybody who opts into that token release schedule has the added benefit of, of, of sharing in uh, leftover tokens that are that are unsold or unallocated at the end of the public sale. So um, again, you'll remember the public sale has 50% of the total tokens allocated to it. Anything that goes unsold in that Dutch auction will go back to this token release schedule on a pro rata basis. And you can read more about this on, on our website in our token distribution paper. Um, so, and if there's anything that's kind of unclear, you know, feel free to ping us on Discord to ask questions. Um, if I go through a couple of numbers, I'll walk you through, you know, what that token supply looks like. So, uh, for one, our pre-sale is structured on a $15 million soft cap with a four-hour window. We've gotten a lot of questions about this four-hour window after the soft cap. It is not an unlimited sale. This is not a sale that's going to go on for four hours if, this, if the demand comes in quickly. There is a hard cap planned into the structure. Um, you know, For those of you digging around, you'll likely be able to see it if you just kind of read the black and white of the smart contract. Um, and the, the reason is we want the success of our contract to be based on $15 million. And the time is really intended to allow for as much participation as possible. If we just hard capped it at $15 million, we think that the majority of you wanting to come in on this round would probably be excluded. So um, the one thing that we'll say is that there's a $40 million token maximum on this, on this sale. Um, and depending on what tranches those tokens get sold in, it leads to a different number of dollars. If they get sold in the lower tranches or the higher tranches, it leads to a different number of dollars. So that's one thing to kind of caveat. Um, once we have that number of tokens, if we go to the full 40 million, what that means is we've created 30 million in our private presale, up to 40 million in our public presale, so 70 million in total. And then we multiply that by five, which gets us to 350 million tokens allocated to the public sale. 350 million tokens on the high end in the public sale is 
does not mean that we're targeting a hard cap of $350 million or anywhere near that. You know, we've seen some rumblings online about 400, 490, $420 million hard caps. Um, you know, our structure is designed to have leftover tokens at the end of the public sale. So, uh, and, and a large portion of leftover tokens at the end of the public sale. So this structure of the token release schedule is essentially a guaranteed structure of redistributed tokens. Uh, how many redistributed tokens will depend on the success of the Dutch auction. So if you're familiar with the Dutch auction structure, essentially it allows us to, to let the market determine what's an appropriate price for the token. It starts at a high price and reduces over time. Uh, one thing to mention is that the, the lowest price that will be allowed in the Dutch auction will be $1, meaning the, the Dutch auction could not drop below the price of the pre-sale. It could not drop to $0.50 cents or $0.20 cents or $0.10 cents or anything like that. It'll, it'll stop at a dollar, and if at that point we still haven't sold all of our tokens, the sale will close. Um, so that's something to keep in mind. And again, if the sale closes, that means there are leftover tokens, all of which get redistributed back to the token release schedule. The token release schedule is built on the basis that the, the day after the public sale closes, we will start releasing on that one-year schedule. The one-year schedule starts with 25% immediately getting released, and then just about 6.8% getting released on a monthly basis after that. Uh, this is a pretty novel structure for like an incentive, and there's not a lot of prior examples of how this is built. So, you know, one thing that we're going to be doing over the course of the over the course of the next few days is we're actually we've got a few issues that are coming up that we hadn't anticipated. One being that the the, the fork of Ethereum is putting some uncertainty on the block numbers and the block times. So, the block times is what we've been using to determine time when we measure out a year. So we are going through kind of a review of how does the Byzantium fork of the Ethereum network change our, our estimated block times. Um, so what you'll notice going through the sale on Tuesday is that you'll have the opportunity to buy the token. You won't have the opportunity to, to put them into the TRS until a, a few days later, potentially a week later, at which point we'll be publishing how to get into the TRS. Uh, and there'll be more information coming about this. And there'll be kind of a, a step essentially where you can send your tokens to participate in the TRS. The TRS contract will be published. You'll be able to review the structure of that contract, uh, and it will be open and available for contributions until a few days before the public sale starts. So there'll be at least a month during which uh, anybody with tokens can put them into the TRS, whether you got those tokens from the primary issuance or whether you got those tokens from some sort of secondary market, you'll still be able to put them into the TRS as long as that window is open. Uh, so again, more to come on that on our blog and, and, and on our website. Okay, thanks for that. Um, now, I can talk about where uh, you haven't disclosed the um, the, the, the the caps, uh, the, the hard cap uh, for the token sale. Um, the assumption that I have, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you know you you want to make sure that these tokens can reasonably get into as many hands as possible to achieve network effects. Um, so, I want to kind of shift focus over to the token itself. Um, you know, in the white paper, uh, the Aon token is um, described as uh, having utility for creating new blockchains, monetizing the interchain link between different blockchains, securing the network. Uh, for the token holder, and especially for the person that's considering opting for the lockup, can you kind of describe how the value of the Aon token um, you know, will be generated over time? Yeah, sure. I mean, this is this is a system that will be it will be fueled essentially by the token. So the system itself has kind of 
uh, three major layers of architecture, uh, more complex if we dig into the details, but essentially we've got what we call the Aon One blockchain. It's a new blockchain in which the token exists. Uh, you know, at, at some point, what we're doing is we're developing the token as an ERC-20 token on top of the Ethereum network, but we're also the first ERC-20 token that has built into it this function of what, what we're calling a cross-blockchain token. So where we'll have the ability to move our token back and forth from the Ethereum network to our Aon-1 blockchain um, once that bridge is built. So, you know, that's the first thing to understand. We're selling it as an ERC-20 Ethereum token. We want to have this ability to essentially, you can think of it as like teleport your token across blockchains, which is, does not exist today uh, between the Aon-1 blockchain and the, and the Ethereum blockchain. So that that's first. So within the Aon-1 blockchain, you're going to have the ability to use your token for kind of what you would normally expect to be able to do on a blockchain. One, uh, earn the token as part of the mining or validating process. Um, two, pay token fees as part of a transaction. So as a miner picks up the token, uh, picks up a transaction into their block, uh, they can essentially use the charge a fee for that. Um, and then three, the way our consensus algorithm is designed is we've built this model of essentially a delegated system where you've got validators in the network and then you've got people who back these validators. And the backers can choose to put tokens behind a validator um, and, and use them as a kind of a staking model. Uh, you'll you'll find similar concepts in, in in like the delegated proof of stake model, but we've got some novelty that we're building uh, into our consensus algorithm to solve some other problems that we've been we've been identifying. So you know that's on the main chain operations. When you're in the Aon One network, you'll be able to do those normal kind of blockchain things. Secondly, you'll be able to, to use the token to run our virtual machine and pay for the fuel associated with like computing resources. So when you're using a distributed virtual machine, it's essentially a computer that's shared by the network. So you have to kind of rent access to it, so to speak. So the network charges you tokens. And we, we you know, we consider these kind of a, of a fuel or in the case of Ethereum, you know, they use the term gas when you're, when you're using the Ethereum virtual machine. So not too dissimilar of a concept. One of the things that's kind of uh, core to understand about our, our Aon One blockchain and the use of this VM is the fact that you can build applications that will be able to pull their logic from any blockchain that is connected to Aon. So uh, instead of having all of your applications logic on a single blockchain and all of the inputs and outputs on a single blockchain, you could start to imagine why it's important or powerful to build applications that have logic that, that traverses blockchains, where you have some parts of the logic coming from different you know, underlying networks. So that's kind of the, the use of the virtual machine with the token. Thirdly, you mentioned the concept of building bridges. So, you know, when we say building bridges, what essentially we're meaning, what we mean is you use the token to instantiate a bridge. You, you use the token to, to generate a bridge out of a registry contract on Aon One. So Aon One has the this, this structure of a, of a bridge registry contract where I can stake tokens to create the bridge and then set the rules of the bridge as the creator. Um, then other other nodes can join my bridge. They can join my bridge if they like my rules, if they like um, essentially you know, the, the, the fee structure, uh, how decentralized the bridge is intending to be, and then users can decide if they like my bridge. So over time, we imagine kind of a free market of bridges getting built with different characteristics, some being you know, higher throughput but more expensive or, or some being you know, more decentralized and cheaper, and, and people will be able to choose which way they want to they, they transact over what types of bridges. And, and over time, I'm sure we'll, we'll get to kind of some sort of market equilibrium. So that's the concept of building bridges to connect to different blockchains. Uh, and then finally, this idea that from Aon, you can actually build your own participating blockchain. So if you if you need a blockchain for a particular purpose, if you have a, a, a group of participants in an industry that want to spin up a network, uh, they can do that very efficiently from within the concept of Aon. They can, they can choose the... Uh, the components and requirements of the design of their blockchain. And then as a function call on the network, they can essentially spin that up. So we're going to have um, pre-built modules as to what type of characteristics do we want to see 
in a blockchain that might need to be created with a, with a unique form of consensus algorithm, a unique form of governance, a unique transaction requirement, et cetera. And then from Aon, you could essentially uh, pay into the network to create that new blockchain. And then it would, it would be able to be bridged back into Aon one in the same way. So, um, you know, and, and just to add, I hope this is kind of obvious to most people, but just to add some, some clarity, none of this is a, is a, is a revenue generating business model. All of this is the peer-to-peer operations of the network. So either the tokens are being consumed by the network or the tokens are being um, exchanged between peers on the network. There's nothing about Nuco or the Aon Foundation or anyone involved in the design of this network where we get tokens for any of this role. Uh, you know, assuming we play a role in the network, we're just e- we're equal to any other peer in the network. We're, you know, if we're a node on the network, we're equal to any other node on the network. So that's kind of worth uh, mentioning. That's the, the four major uses of the token. Okay, thank you for that. Um, and, and just going back a little bit, um, you know, yourself and the uh, many members of the founding team at uh, for Aon uh, were at one point working at Deloitte on the blockchain team, um, Deloitte or the blockchain practice, Deloitte being the largest consulting firm in the world. You know, it's really front and center in bringing blockchain adoption to enterprise. So with that said, and as well as your uh, membership uh, on the board of the Ethereum Enterprise Alliance, do you you know, there's so many different use cases, uh, you know, for the blockchain, especially for enterprise adoption. Do you see this as being kind of the most fundamental? Because, um, you know, I know with Nuco, it, there, there's the potential for more projects down the line, I think, right? Not just Aon, but other potential projects, right? Yeah, I mean, full, full transparency as a company, we're going to continue to serve that, that enterprise market the way we've been doing it. I mean, you know, this is just a requirement that we, we identified as being, you know, very imminently important. Um, so whether it's, you know, we've been building a lot of our own blockchains for clients of ours and projects within different industries and noticing that these use cases actually don't work until they don't work at scale until they have the opportunity to interoperate with other networks. So, you know, this is kind of the equivalent of building like different layers of, of, of restricted access on different types of, 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 uh, of internets, you know, like whether you're on the public internet or whether you're running inside some sort of VPN with restricted access or, or some sort of internal company-based intranet and still realizing that they all operate on the same TCP IP communication protocol, you know, and, but the ability for companies and industries and regulators and governments and just free flowing uh, users online to define their own parameters. So if you want to run a completely decentralized, completely open blockchain that connects to Aon, that's perfect, you know, but if you want to run a completely regulated, restricted access network for like, uh, you know, the trading of, of equities in North America, then that's different, right? And, th- and this is where we start getting into the, the reality for us is that we've seen a growth in like a huge number of different protocols, all of which that are solving kind of unique niche different problems. I don't think they're all going to survive. I don't think they're all going to last, but I do think fundamentally that there's going to be more than one protocol and many networks using those protocols. And what we're trying to do is create kind of a, uh, a common language for all of these protocols to, to plug into each other. So, you know, I think it's, it's today just as relevant in the public blockchain industry. We're seeing, you know, the irony of our industry is that we've created all of these decentralized systems, but then at their intersections, we've, we've, we've imposed centralized actors, you know, and, and in, for the most part, these centralized actors are exchanges. Uh, but over time, you know, the, the type of data that we're flowing through these networks is not only going to be financial. So, you know, when, when you see two blockchains like Ethereum and, and Bitcoin, you know, the real intersections between the Ethereum network and the Bitcoin network is, the, is all of the exchanges that allow you to, to trade from Ether to Bitcoin. Um, you know, and this is true on a massive scale between all of these blockchains we're building. So we're trying to create the decentralized communication protocol that allows us to not require those centralized intersections, essentially. 
Okay, thanks. Uh, now, uh, going forward, you know, after the token sales, uh, what can you say about, uh, you know, advisors, more advisors coming on board, strategic partnerships? And before answering that, I kind of just want to bring up something that had come up recently. Um, you know, you had put out a statement about it, but there had been some confusion apparently about uh, the relationship of, of Vitalik Buterin with the Aon project. Um, I believe he is a uh, advisor to Nuco, the parent company. Yeah. Um, so I, I just want to, you know, I know you've already put out a statement and to me it was very clear, but to those that are out there that still might be kind of confused, can you kind of talk through yeah, that? Sure. A little bit? I'll, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll cover this. Um, and, and, you know, I'd encourage anybody to go on our blog and check out what I did write a few days ago. And, and if you, if you still want to ask questions or chat about it, feel free to get, get at us on, on discord. But, um, you know, Vitalik has never been an advisor of the AM project and we've never stated that he was an advisor of the AM project. Our, my relationship with Vitalik and our company's relationship with Vitalik kind of dates back to when we started talking about enterprise standards with the Ethereum protocol. So this for me dates back to before Nuco to when I was running the blockchain team at Deloitte, we started realizing that we were building, um, essentially the beginning of what standards should look like for building private enterprise networks. We were using the Ethereum protocol in that structure. So Vitalik and I started spending a lot of time on that topic. You know, he he was very fundamentally important to, to getting the group of, of participants together that eventually launched the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance, uh, of which we're, you know, one of the founding members. We're on, I, I sit on the board of directors. So, you know, my relationship, our relationship with Vitalik really focuses on that, you know, the Ethereum protocol and its use in the enterprise context. And we continue to do work in that domain. You know, we're, we still operate and, 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 and sit on the technical steering committee of that group. I still am a very active participant in the board of directors of that group. And Vitalik is continuing to advise us on that function, essentially how the Ethereum protocol makes its way into the enterprise market. What we're doing with Aon, you know, in, in fairness to, to Vitalik, probably two things that he'd like clarified. One, He's been very, very um, clear that he, he's only getting involved with a small number of projects and, in fact, only projects that he's actively spending time on. So this is not a matter of, you know, projects he likes and projects he doesn't like. It's just projects he's spending time on. And the reality is right now he's not spending time with us, and nor are we a core Ethereum project. We are a project that is kind of connecting Ethereum to other protocols. So it does not fit into the Ethereum roadmap or, you know, it is not like a, a, an exclusively Ethereum-based project. So um, that's kind of the major reasons. Vitalik and I spoke, uh, you know, a few days ago when, when that, that Twitter stuff was going on, uh, just to make sure that we had a clear message that went out, that there is a very strong relationship. Uh, he continues to be somebody that I turn to for advice, but no, he is not a formal advisor of the Aon project. Okay, thanks for uh, clearing that up. Um, Moving forward, uh, you know, onto the roadmap, uh, something a lot of people out there are probably curious about. I've, I've heard it come up a few times. Um, and it's really important to bring up because of how, um, you know, daunting the road ahead is in terms of what is going to be accomplished or needs to be accomplished. Uh, what would you, uh, what would you say as far as a prototype and kind of what lies ahead? Um, kind of, uh, where Aon is and, you know, in terms of open source, people ask is, you yeah. know, the, the code, I mean, are you going to have, you know, open source transparency into what you guys are doing? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'll walk you through the roadmap a little bit and I'll give you some context before I do. I mean, one, um, you know, our team here in Toronto um, is we're, we're pushing up on 25 people. We're about 23 today, um, you know, many of whom have been really involved in helping me get the, the structure of the, the, the token up and running. Uh, you know, everything that has to do with what the last few months have been in terms of preparing for this kind of event. 
Um, and then, you know, that's probably about six or seven of us on their team that are like exclusively focused on that at this point. And then the, the majority of the team being like the engineers that are actually building the first implementation of the AM protocol. So we've got about uh, 13, 14 people on the engineering team um, that are all involved in, you know, the first implementation of Aon. So if you if you read through our roadmap or our white paper, you'll realize and, and you know, for context, the roadmap at a high level is kind of described on the website. And if you want to go into more detail, you can you can open up the white paper. Um, but every single one of those major architectural components has, has, has started development. So, you know, whether you're looking at the proof of intelligence algorithm, we started development on that over the course of the last like six to eight weeks. If you're looking at the Aon virtual machine, we've started development on that over the last like three to four months. Um, you know, the bridging protocol is coming along very, very well. It's part of the first release that we're targeting for, for January. Uh, we're building the first test version of, of the Aon one blockchain that'll be up and running in January as well. Um, with a modified proof of work algorithm that'll kind of be the placeholder until we actually swap out for our new consensus algorithm. Um, but there's there's a very, very strong team behind this and we're growing it constantly um, that are already kind of deep into the first implementation. January is the target date for our first release. Uh, there's three phases in our roadmap, uh, you know, release two and three, we're anticipating kind of release two mid to late 2018. Again, uh, pending resources and speed of kind of scale up of our company and our team. Um, and in phase three being kind of early 2019, but there will be functionality as we, as we mature through that. So the, the, the whole point of this is like an iterative approach where the network already starts to prove valuable and functional before we're completed through the roadmap. So, um, you know, you can think of it as not too dissimilar to the fact that, you know, anybody who, who's, who's paying attention knows that, you know, the Ethereum roadmap is still ongoing, although everybody uses it as if it's a production system. So, um, you know, that we're, we've got these three phases of development. Beyond those three phases, there's likely to be more improvements, more research uh, that we'll work on as time passes. But right now we've got about 18 to 24 months of like solid work that needs to get done with a really, really, uh, we need a, a really, really strong team. So we're going to be looking to grow that team pretty uh, aggressively over the next few months. Okay, thanks. Um, that's it for the questions that I have. I, I just want to ask you kind of how can people uh, learn more about Aon and get, you know, the latest information uh, from your team and also engage with uh, the community that, that's already out there? Sure. And, and, and maybe before I get into that, there's one thing that I think I, I glazed over that I wanted to just clarify. There is a lot of questions about our, our advisory board. Um, more to come on that in the next day or so. Uh, in fact, there may be a press release going out today. Um, you know, you'll notice in our advisory board, we very, very purposefully did not go and create like a blockchain celebrity advisory board. We went and found kind of the right distribution of people from the enterprise market, the blockchain market, the regulatory space, uh, all of which we think are going to be critically important to how do we actually get this thing to become a globally adopted technology, not just how do we make this a successful token sale. So we're looking kind of on the five to 10 year timeline, uh, making sure that we've got the right kind of mature advisors around us. Um, if you want to find out more about anything we're doing, obviously visit us at aon.network, join our newsletter, join us on Discord. Um, tomorrow we're going to be doing an AMA on Discord where you can chat directly with me from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern time. So any questions you have that I haven't kind of addressed here, uh, you're, you're more than welcome to join, jump in on Discord tomorrow afternoon. Um, and then probably the other message that I'll leave everyone with is like, as we get ready for Tuesday, uh, we want to make sure that everybody's being really careful with where they're getting their information about Aon. There's a lot of scammers and, 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 and kind of hackers out there that are looking for opportunities to, to mislead you. 
Uh, so please, you know, follow our official channels. We are purposefully, we've kept it simple. We've got a website where you'll find official news. We've got a Discord channel. During the duration of the sale, it will be muted. We will be pu- putting out announcements, but we will not be accepting two-way chats so that nobody could push up, uh, you know, scam addresses or anything like that. If you see anything about our sale on Telegram, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, um, these are not uh, these are not official. Um, so don't trust anything that you don't see on one of our official channels. And if you have if you're if you're not sure, just go back to our website, go back to Discord. This is where you should be spending your time, kind of getting information. Thanks, and I'll be sure to put the links to all those uh, channels uh, below the description. Thanks for listening to the Hen Global Podcast. If you like this podcast, be sure to subscribe, share with your friends, and also visit my website, www.hen.global, where on the top of the homepage, you'll see links to my content on platforms like Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. I'd really like to hear from everyone, so be sure to send me an email, hen at hen.global. And if there's a topic you'd like me to discuss or a particular guest you'd like me to have on, be sure to let me know. So thanks once again. I look forward to hearing from everyone. And until next time, let's stay on this crypto train as it's moving at the speed of light. Take care.